0: Welcome to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. Alex is one of five Australian Certified Practitioners through the Institute of Functional Medicine and focuses on identifying the root cause of disease by taking into account an individual's genes, environment and lifestyle for treatment. She's the principal naturopath at Healing Hands Natural Health Centre in Ipswich, Queensland. Along with her talents as a Western herbalist and nutritionist, she has also excelled previously as a midwife and registered nurse. At Alex's practice, health is a right, not a privilege. Now... Alex. Hello. How are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. Now, it's important for us to remind people that you're not a medical doctor. That's correct. uh, But you are one of five uh, individuals in Australia who are a certified functional medicine practitioner. Yep. And um, so we really need to look out for people who say they are because there's a very limited number of people who Uh, Actually, are certified. Mm -hmm. Um, So we need to look out for imitations.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of the buzzword these days. Everyone's calling themselves a functional medicine practitioner. When I first started the study, I thought, oh, we all do functional medicine. But to be a certified functional medicine practitioner, this the first time they ever offered the course. 111 of us started. Four did the exam and two passed. Yeah. So it's pretty hard call. Um, It's a huge investment in time and money. Mm. Um, So look for that IFN certification if you're looking for a functional medicine practitioner.
0: Yeah. And it's um yeah, it's it's an intense protocol and I think um yeah, so super proud of you for getting through Thank it. You. Um and um you're really making a difference in people's lives with it. So that's that's amazing. Thank you. So today we're talking about autoimmune diseases. Mm, there is a Pandora's box. Ooh. Mm. So um, for those of you who don't know what some um, autoimmune diseases are, so things like rheumatoid arthritis is Mm -hmm. the first one we're going to cover, which obviously gets in the joints and makes it really difficult and painful Mm -hmm. um, to move. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, that's one. Um, Lupus is another, which... Mm -hmm. um, which one's that again? So, that's called systemic lupus erythematosus
1: or SLE, and that's a multi connective tissue disorder right. that um, can affect all sorts of things, including your skin, which is a connective tissue, yep. your joints, your digestion. This is a nasty, nasty, nasty one, and it usually uh, um, affects young women.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew what it was and I know people who have got it, but I was trying to remember yeah. what the underlying and co- it's, thing
1: was. It's called lupus yeah. because you get this rash that makes, I think it's supposed to make you look like a lion or something, like the lion rash or something yeah. on your face. on the yeah.
0: cheeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, celiac. Yep. Um, obviously. Um,
1: it's an autoimmune response to, do with to, the gut.
0: to gluten in yep. the gut. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, multiple sclerosis. So multiple sclerosis is another nasty one that tends to affect young people and it's when your immune system attacks the myelin sheath or the insulation around all your nerves. So you can imagine what sort of wide-reaching oh. effects that can have. If you think of uh, our nerves like an electrical cord, yep. um, and if, think of your cord of new kettle, yep. if we didn't have that bit of plastic around it, mm. um, all the electrical charges would short out. Yep, and with multiple sclerosis, that 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 insulation in the cord is fraying.
0: Right. Okay, that's a great explanation. Thanks. And uh, type one diabetes.
1: Okay, type one diabetes used to be called juvenile diabetes because mm-hmm. it's not the lifestyle one; it's an autoimmune. So there's actually three types of diabetes. There's type one, which is the uh, autoimmune. Type two, which is your, used to be called mature onset, chronic. But, you know, now we're having young kids get it because that's your lifestyle one from too much uh, artificial sugar. So it's preventable. Yeah, yeah. Um, not artificial sugar, a uh, processed sugar yep. in the diet and the wrong sort of fats. And then they're talking about type 3 diabetes, which they're linking with Alzheimer's, which is kind of diabetes of the brain. But that's a very new um, research. So we're not going to talk about that one because I don't know the research on that. So okay. we're only going to talk about type 1 diabetes today because mm-hmm. that's the autoimmune one.
0: Okay. So when it comes to functional medicine... How do we attack some of these autoimmune diseases? Mm-hmm. Attack, I like that word.
1: <laughs> it's like that ad on television. I can't, say, can't believe I said probe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we
1: um, so uh, autoimmune disease is your classic of one cause causes many symptoms. Mm-hmm. All autoimmune disease begins in the gut. It's a gut right. thing, right? Yep. So now let's go back to the three legs of the stool. Mm-hmm. So that's what we talked about with our first part podcast, What is Functional Medicine? Yeah. Um, we've got a genetic component, mm-hmm. okay? So the first leg of the school stool, let's say, with someone with RA or rheumatoid arthritis, they've clearly got the genetics to give them a propensity for um, RA, for rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Um but what happens is, 80 percent of our immune system sits behind the gut, the gut-associated lymphatic tissue. Mm-hmm. And when it's all's not right with the gut, which we've covered in other podcasts, we get something which is very colloquially called leaky gut syndrome. Mm. The functional medicine term is increased intestinal permeability which means leaky gut. <laughs> um, so basically if you think of your gut cells that snap together like little Lego bricks, the, the actual lining of the gut of the coal face is only one cell thick
0: mm-hmm. and in
1: between the little Lego bricks there's something called tight gap junctions yep. which are very dynamic with little gatekeepers. When you have inflammation in the gut, when you've got the wrong gut bugs, when you've had too much antibiotics, etc., etc., et cetera, chlorine in the water, there's lots of nails in the coffin for this one which we'll not cover today, um, you get inflammation You get the, um, so those little Lego bricks swell up like little balloons, so those tight gap junctions are straining. Sometimes they even break apart. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get the wrong gut bugs going through. You get complete food components going through. Mm. And now, you know, when you've gone overseas and you go to the border patrol to customs, Mm. that's what our gut-associated lymphoid tissue is. That's our border patrol. Yep. Right. So basically now, um, in an ideal world, you know, we're going through customs and we're the little old ladies with, you know, don't have anything in our luggage to be scanned and all sorts of things and it'll be fine. Or you can be occasionally like me who accidentally forgets their artery forceps and you get slapped across the <laughs> wrists because you shouldn't really have those in your handbag, let's face it. Um, or you could be one of those people who are bringing in um, sausage from China mm-hmm. or mooncakes with eggs from China. Mm-hmm. So the the, the, the custom the immune system is exactly the same. They've got to figure out... What is good? What is, you know, probably not ideal like my artery forceps, but is actually not <laughs> causing any problems? And what is really bad? Yeah. Or at the worst point, we've got the terrorists. Yeah. Okay? So, what goes wrong with the immune system, with the gut associated lymphoid tissue at that coal face with autoimmune disease? is we've now got this increased intestinal permeability stuff's going through that shouldn't be going through customs being swamped with people that are actually fine like you people with few too many artery forceps people who actually have <laughs> moon cakes and sausage and the customs officers go whoa dragon everyone's bad mm. so then it looks at something like my artery forceps and go well actually that's really bad so it makes an immune complex. But then it finds it somewhere else, like with rheumatoid arthritis, if you've actually got that gene, it looks at the synovial tissue, which is the, the, the um, shiny lining of the, the joints. I'm making motions here. I know you guys can't <laughs> see it, um, which helps our, our joints slide together. Yeah. And then the immune system goes, oh, my God, all these cells have artrophosops. Let's attack them. <laughs> it's called molecular mimicry. And it's really interesting. Molecular mimicry is one of those really interesting things. Now, with functional medicine, no, all research eventually gets into conventional medicine. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it takes about twenty years to patent a drug. Yeah. So you find most research doesn't hit conventional medicine for twenty years. That's the brilliance of functional medicine. Yeah. They don't give two hoots about that. So the new research hits it very hits um, our. Um, our um, education systems very quickly, our evidence base very quickly. So molecular mimicry was actually documented in the New Scientist Australia magazine in January 2011. How do I know this? I've got the magazine sitting in my clinic, which is all about that. And to quote, it says, an intestinal microbiota will will in the future be known to be the main cause of autoimmune disease through molecular mimicry or something, I actually probably should I should write it down. I, I can't remember exactly what it says. 2011, Bindi, we're 2020. Mm. Right. So it's coming. Yeah. So scientists have known about this for, gosh, nine years now. Mm. So we've just got to give them another 11 before they... I don't even know they we're able to do a drug. We know that you can do fecal microbial transplants mm. and they're doing them for things like Parkinson's disease because there is an autoimmune component to that as well. Yeah. So this is where you've got your typical three legs of the stool. You've got the genetics for rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Your um, environmental trigger, of course, is the leaky gut. How does the spiritual trigger fit into that? Very easily. Stress shuts the gut down. Yeah. Who's got time to digest food when you're going to be a meal yourself? Yeah. In the big white tiger world. hmm right? So there's your three legs of the stool, boom. Yeah. And the reason you got rheumatoid arthritis is because you had the gene for it. And you know, it's really interesting because conventional, conventional, me- oh, sorry, I get excited. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> conventional medicine will tell, and this is what brings people in. It's 10 years. They get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Conventional medicine will tell them every decade you'll get another autoimmune disease. Wow. It's usually 10 years after they been diagnosed, I see them because they don't want the second one.
0: Yeah, because there'd be people that you would see that have multiple yes. autoimmune diseases. Yes,
1: and now we're getting something called Crest Syndrome, which stands for something fancy, which I can't remember, <laughs> um, which basically means lots of connective tissue stuff going. Like It's a it's a, a, com, it's a cluster of autoimmune disease. And does that make sense now? Yeah. When, because the customs officers down in the gut are just getting more and more arched up because no one's gone back and saying, "Ah, oh, it's okay, it's actually okay. We'll just close these borders a bit and... And And settle it all down, and we'll we'll slow. We'll put them all in in lines and slow the influx so we can go through everyone's bags, and and we we don't have to panic here. Mm. And that's, of course what us functional medicine practitioners do. Mm-hmm. We look at the gut and go, well, we've got to heal this. We've got to decrease the inflammation. Now, inflammation is not is not doesn't just stay on its own, right mm. So basically, you have inflammation of the gut, it gets through. Now, if I pulled your gut out and smoothed it out, we've got two tennis courts worth. Yeah, so that's it pun intended, shitload <laughs> of inflammation. It is. Right. So imagine that goes through customs and then it looks if you've got the, GA, the gene for RA or SLE or whatever and go, ooh, ooh look, we can attack all these joints and inflame them. Mm. And that's what happens. Inflammation causes pain and redness and deformity, yeah. long-term chronic. A little bit of inflammation is good. We need it. Mm. But chronic long-term inflammation causes this problem.
0: So for someone who has rheumat- if I can say it right, rheumatoid arthritis, um, even in a, an advanced stage, uh, the best thing for them to do is to eat a diet that's great for their gut, right?
1: Absolutely. And unfortunately, as you've heard me say, "Add infinitum, bendy, I'm obi wan Kenobi." <laughs> People come to see me when I'm their only hope, and I'm not God. You know, I looked, I, on a side, I was in Bunnings, my favourite store, <laughs> where I get my metho from. Um, they don't have any at the moment. Um, I found a five dollar doormat, a Star Wars one Born that coin. says, "We have the droids that you are looking for." <laughs> I'm going to bring it into the clinic because that is so topical for me. Anyway, so um, so by the time people come and see me, they've they they come to see me with their like, "Oh, I don't want my second autoimmune disease," yeah. and the immune systems had ten. 15, 20 years attacking, well, we're talking about RA, Mm. attacking their joints. Yep. You know, and the functionality occurs before the structural deformity. So before you're even aware you've got that autoimmune disease, functionally there's been going to hell in a handbasket for a couple of years before that. Yeah. So looking on the timeline, as we talked about, for functional medicine, this is not cool for trying to get you back to square one. Yeah. I am, will never lie to you. If someone's had rheumatoid arthritis and they've got gross deformity of their joints, I'm not a miracle worker. You can't reverse no. that. No, well, I don't reverse anything. Mm. You fix it, right? But what we can do is try and silence the gene. Yeah. And as we talked about in the past, you can't completely silence at this stage a fully expressed uh, expressed gene. You can turn the volume down mm-hmm. but you can't silence it completely. The structural damage that's been done has been done. Yeah. Right? Um, so we certainly manage it with some amazing kick-ass uh, anti-inflammatories like the the, the turmeric. Although you've got to watch it with turmerics, There's certain people with certain gene snips that should not be taking turmeric. Right. It's not the panacea for everyone. Yep. If I take turmeric, I literally go crazy because it does something to my – I've got a, um, a, a snip on my gene called my Compt, my methyltransferase gene. And if I actually take turmeric, it slows that down even further and I go crazy. Oh. So turmeric has never been one for me. As yeah. much as I love golden lattes, I don't drink them mm. because it certainly doesn't calm me down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, natural medicines aren't one-trick ponies. We've got That's to look it. at the whole component. Mm. Some people, if I think you're great, let's load you up with a really good quality research evidence-based turmeric supplement, not the, not the stuff you get, God bless, in the supermarket that you mix with the beer water and pepper and ginger because that ain't going to do nothing but yeah. waste your money yeah. and make you poo yellow. <laughs> um. And we've also had some other anti-inflammatories called um, PEA. Please don't ask me what that stands for. (laughs) That's new in the country and it actually works. It's a completely um, um, legit TGA-approved supplement Mm -hmm. on the Australian um, register, Um, but it works on our natural cannabinoid receptors in the brain and everywhere in the nerves. And so that will really help dampen down inflammation. So prevent further... um, Damage from happening. Now, a lot of people who have rheumatoid arthritis or chronic long term um, autoimmune disease come to me already being prescribed a drug called methotrexate. Yep. Now, methotrexate was a chemotherapy drug, still is, but they know it really knocks out the immune system. Mm. So, what they're trying to do is just take the customs offices away. Right. We can see the problem here, right? Yeah. Especially in this current pandemic situation. Mm. So, um, so, methotrexate, I understand why people go on it. You know, I'm not judging anyone or doctors prescribing. Please don't say I think I'm doing that, but it is. It's a particular challenge. We certainly work with it. And there's, I wouldn't give turmeric certainly with methotrexate. It depletes um, uh, folate in the body. Mm -hmm. We have to be really careful how we dose. Giving megadol, megafol, which is a high dose folic acid, is not the answer. Yeah. Years ago, doctors said don't take folic acid at all with methotrexate. Now they're saying take a megafol on a Sunday. That's five milligrams of Synthetic folic acid, which your body doesn't know what to do with, it can deal with 200 milligrams. This is no micrograms. This is five. This is five thousand micrograms. <sighs> wow! So you've got four thousand eight hundred micrograms of folic acid your body doesn't know what to do with it and has to deal with as a toxin. So we give you the proper natural me- methyl tetrahydrofolate. Um, so that can go into your detoxification uh, cycle and help you. Complementarily work with that methotrexate. Mm. So we're not. I'm never one to take you off your drugs. Beware the practitioner that says, "Okay, we're going to take you all off all your drugs." Yeah, that's never good, especially if you've been on them long term. Mm. So that's how we work. Believe it or not, there's a, if you've got a thyroid problem, you shouldn't be taking fish oils.
0: Right? Bad, 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 bad. Yeah,
1: and a lot of people have Hashimoto's and rheumatoid arthritis together. That is so true. And what are they doing? They're nailing the fish oils and wondering why they're getting sicker.
0: Ah, so in those cases, fish oil's really not their friend, is it? No, no.
1: Wow. I'm probably one of the few practitioners in this whole world that doesn't mega-prescribe fish oils.
0: Wow, mind blown. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that because I know my mum does it and she has both. Um, okay, we'll have a chat off mm, off, off, off air yeah. on about that one. So lupus, um, how can you help out there? Well, it's the
1: same Same course except these people, you know, and don't forget you can have the genes for RA, lupus, Hashimoto's, and that's why some people develop multiple autoimmune diseases and some people develop one. Mm. It depends which genes you dealt. I always say to my papa, God bless him, 83 years old, still smokes, got his first cigarette from an American soldier after the war so worked out he was nine. Wow! Thinks waters to brush your teeth in, drinks coffee and some red wine and he's still chugging along. Wow! So I said to my dad, "I want all your genes, but I've had my genes tested, so I know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I've got literal crap detox genes. So, <laughs> so, um, so you know, having having the lupus gene, and and don't forget, if, just because you have got the lupus gene, doesn't mean you're going to get lupus. Yeah, right. So lupus is a, is one of those ones that um, is 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 difficult to treat because it's again got one one cause and multiple. Um, Multiple symptoms, yep. but we treat lupus very similar as we would um, rheumatoid arthritis because right. it is a connective tissue disease. Yeah, um, usually we see lupus in younger women, mm-hmm. particularly women. I've seen the youngest I, I actually saw was um, just recently last year. My dad brought me, I think she was eight. Wow! And they had her on methotrexate. Wow! But dad didn't bring her back because the uh, um, immunologists forbade him to bring him, her to me. So, you know, I don't, I respect that. Yeah. I saw her once. Okay. Um, but, you know, that child did have the, the sad diet, the standard Australian diet, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's tough. Mm. It's tough for people. It's tough to tell your eight year old, no, you can't have your Cheetos for breakfast anymore. Mm. You need to eat eggs. On, and, and, you know what? We probably need to do gluten free for bloody 12 months. Yeah. Not forever. Mm. but we got to sort this gut out and they don't want to hear it because then they've got to go to a party and go, I can't have the birthday cake. So I get it. Yeah. But at 12, we could be making a difference. Yeah. But the genes are getting turned on earlier and earlier.
0: Yeah. And environment would have a lot to do with that as well.
1: The first, second leg of the stool. Absolutely. And, you know, these kids, their third leg of the stool, their spiritual environment, mm. man. Yeah. TikTok, bloody Instagram. Mm-hmm. um, The, the stuff oh, gosh, what about all these young girls with the bee-stung lips? Yeah. You know, and, and the television, the the, the the programs where they've all got their Botox at 21, what are you getting Botox at 21 for? And everybody thinks you've got to look Photoshopped in real life. Mm. You know? And then you get your boobs done because, you know, oh, my God, I've only got little boobs the boys won't like me. You know, actually, that's a completely aside. Can I just say... Mm. And I can I read you a um, message I got from one of my patients this very morning? Mm. Now, this lady is my age. Um, um, (laughs) I've just got to find it. I get a few messages, as you can see. (laughs) Uh, Oh, golly. (laughs) There is a few messages. Let me just find it. (laughs) Anyway, so I've been um, treating her remotely for some time. And, you know, people forget that having breast implants is actually um, surgery. Because mm. I ask you quite specifically, have you had any surgery? So now I say, have you had breast implants? Yeah. I mention it. Have you medication? Are you on the pill or do you have a marina? Because people forget that yeah. that's a medication. Yeah. So, um, so this lady finally talked to me. She went, oh, Alex, should I mention that I had my breasts done when I was 30 after I had my kids? Uh-huh. And I went, holy snap and duck shit, girl, maybe? <laughs> so... In November last year, she had explant surgery, $11,000, not covered. By, oh, no, she, she, somehow because her, one of hers was ruptured, that Medicare covered it or yep. her health fund did. And I asked her how she was going because we, you know, and she says, I'm doing really well, Alex. A lot of the autoimmune immune symptoms are gone now. Mm. That's the message I got this morning. So from, from breast implants, implants are one of the main causes of autoimmune disease, in my opinion. Please don't strike me down for that one. Wow. Because that's a foreign body in the most sensitive lymphatic. Because your boobs are all lymph, right? Yeah. Gut-associated lymphoid tissue, 80% sits behind your gut. We've got 20% floating around in our system. A lot of it's behind our breasts. And you've still got lymphatics there whether you've got big boobs or not, or little boobs or not. So now you're putting these highly... um, foreign substances in there under pressure because, you know, you want to have pert ones. Mm. Sorry, I'm, I'm playing with my boobs now. <laughs> um, but that's the old midwife for me. Every time I talk about boobs, I'm, I tend to do that. Um, so now then, you know, in this encapsulation they talk about, mm. that's the immune system trying to attack it. But, gosh, mm. that's a huge foreign body. Yeah. How's it going to get rid of that bloody terrorist? Mm. You know, so that's so really interesting. So that's a... You know, and I, I've and I'm actually have a <laughs> probably the wrong word to use right now, but an epidemic of young young women coming through that are getting their breast um, implants out.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, so that's a big one.
0: Yeah, so um, it seems you know, sticking with the gut mm-hmm. celiac mm-hmm. Um, again, um, they really have to be very mindful of their diet. Don't
1: yeah, they? well, yeah, your celiac is your, is, your, is is one of those interesting ones because that's the autoimmune system actually attacking the the immune system attacking the immune system. Yeah, right. So it's attacking that that front row of cells just in front of your immune system. Mm. And with celiac disease, those little Lego bricks. See, with conventional medicine, you either have health. Mm or you have disease. Yeah. In functional medicine we have that timeline. Yeah. Stuff in between. Mm-hmm. You just don't jump from being completely healthy to getting celiac disease. Yeah. Right? So this is where I'm saying the functionality disappears before the structural
0: uh,
1: dysfunction comes in. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So basically with the celiac, yeah. that's kind of the that's that's the the worst of the worst leaky you got. Yeah. Okay, so that's just complete degradation of all those little Lego bricks I was talking about. Yeah. And wheat has been, because because they've actually seen it and gone, oh, uh crap, look at these, they're all flat and all the little villi are lying down, all the little bumps on the Legos are lying down. What could be causing this? And they found it's gluten. Mm. Now, gluten is the the protein of certain grains. Now, we know it's in wheat, we know it's in rye, we know it's in spelt, we know it's in Kamut, barley, in some oats, not all of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And all the research has been done by an amazing man, another one of my brain crushers, called Dr. Alessio Fasano, ironically in mm-hmm. Italian, the land of wheat and pasta. Um, and he, he um, developed something called the Gluten Summit. And he found that all gluten for all of us causes an increase in intestinal permeability. It causes the disruption of those tight gap junctions, Mm. making them floppy. That's his word, not mine. (laughs) So basically that's where it starts. Now if you have the gene, here we've got the three legs of the stool again, if you have the gene for celiac, along the line your immune system is going to get sick of it and you're going to develop celiac disease. Mm. But I want to put one further thought into people's heads. Is it the gluten? Or is it the crap they spray on the gluten these days? Mm. Right. So the molecular mimicry, our immune system now goes gluten molecule is the devil. Mm -hmm. But is it because in the Western world all of our grain is ubiquitously, hard word, Mm -hmm. sprayed with glyphosate? Mm. Now glyphosate also has the trademark Roundup. Used to be manufactured by Monsanto. Bayer bought it two years ago for $11.4 billion dollars. Um, and its first patent, it has about 11 patents on it, its first patent, one of its first patents was for an antibiotic. Wow. It's a herbal antibiotic. So what that means, the plant, so what they do in worldwide, the planes come along just before the wheat and the barley and the oats are due to be harvested, and they crop dust with this glyphosate. Mm. Now I've had, got enough farmers sitting on my chairs in the clinic to tell me they've got to leave. They have to leave for two days when they, this gets done. Yep. Then they can come back. As the so basically then the plants die because the, the glyphosate gets taken down by the root ball of the plant,
0: yeah.
1: where its gut is, right? Mm. That's the microbiome. Mm. And basically it kills the bacteria. And then the plant starves. That's how it works. Right. So when it was first patented and safe for human consumption in the nineties, they said, Well, we're not bacteria. How many bacteria have we got in a gut? Ten to the power of 14. <laughs> Right? More than trillions and trillions. Mm. So that's, that's the first dichotomy we got here. So basically, all the farmers know that the drop, in inverted commas, that the, the leaves that fall off from all these plants can, can't be given to the cows because it'll kill the cows. Yeah. But then the harvester comes along, and this is why they do it because harvesters apparently at present go for about $400 an hour. So it's a lot quicker if they don't have to deal with the leaves. They come along and take the grain, which you can imagine is soaked with Roundup. Mm. Then we eat it. Mm. Do you think that's going to do a problem for our bacteria? Because I'll tell you right now, the pathway that they that the glyphosate interferes with in the bacteria is called the shikimate pathway. We, our gut bugs, use that very same shikimate pathway to make our feel good neurotransmitters. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, is it the is it the is the is the gluten? Or is it the Roundup they spray on the wheat? I don't know. No research has been done. I can't be bothered to do it. Someone else younger <laughs> than me can do this one. Um, so basically but now because your body, your your beautiful immune system has actually paired up that gluten as a foreigner because it's soaked with Roundup, is it ever going to make the distinction that if you eat gluten without the Roundup, as aka organic gluten, is it actually going to be all right? Yeah. So this is why with, with, um, with celiac disease, because that gene's already been turned on, mm. you probably can't, right? Oh. Right. For people with celiac uh, gluten sensitivity, we can probably work well enough to heal the gut because their gene has, they haven't got a gene that turned on, yeah. that they may be able to eat organic wheat again. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Just a little word for our celiac listeners. A lot of uh, gluten-free stuff has soy. Mm. Now, if you think Roundup's bad, soy is gets a particular mention because they spray it with paraquet, Ooh. which is, like, so much more toxic. So just be mindful, guys, that if you're going for gluten-free, if you can't get organic, because, of course, they can't spray the crap on the organic stuff, try and stay soy-free as well.
0: Wow. So much to remember. I know, right? Um, so we were talking about um, multiple sclerosis before and how that attacks the nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, again... How do you tackle this one? Well, multiple sclerosis, <coughs> pardon
1: me, is actually a um, close to my heart because 30 years ago my mother was diagnosed with MS. Mm-hmm. Now, we're German. We, in, we um, emigrated over here in the, in, the, uh, in the 70s, early 70s, late 60s. So mum lived, grew up at her life in Germany in Bavaria, which is one of the sunniest places in, in Germany, but it's still lacking in vitamin D. Now, this is before the times of the whole slip, slop, slap, right? So... Um, there, is a, there is a postulation that, that, yes, we've got the gene for MS, but um, is it also a vitamin D deficiency? Mm. Now, when I had my gene SNPs done, I have five SNPs that not only stop me absorbing vitamin D from the sun, but activating it properly and transporting it properly. I probably inherited that from my mother, correct? Yeah. No matter how much vitamin D I take, I can't get it above 100. When I have any patient with autoimmune disease or cancer, I like it at 125. Yes, I know the government says 49 is okay, but that's only okay if you don't want rickets. Yeah. So if you don't want an autoimmune disease, we like your vitamin D to sit at about 125. And God bless, the doctors are twitching then already. But it's safe. So anyway, so she was diagnosed with um, MS and... um, I worked. Hard. I was still a student at the time, mm. and I just worked hard to to help her out. Mm. And uh, you know, her symptoms got less and less and less. And she's certainly not without her health issues, but her last CT scan was clear. And you know what the doctor said? Well, oh, we must have made a mistake. <laughs> you didn't have white plugs on your on your nerves at all.
0: Oh, come on!
1: So, isn't that fantastic? Mm. So, but we hit it straight away, right? Yeah. So, um, giving her nourishment, and she doesn't eat the best, mm. you know. She does like her white bread and stuff like that, being German. That's okay. I'm not going to change her at 82. <laughs> but um, – uh, and we did have her gluten-free for a little while. Yeah. You know, all on my autoimmune go organic gluten-free for a while for the reason I just explained. Yeah. Um, but uh, – so MS is definitely a gut thing. There is a, there is a vitamin D deficiency component here. If someone comes in with vita- with MS – If they can afford it, I'll get their genes tested. Yeah. But certainly the vitamin D. Now, vitamin D test, unfortunately, vitamin D, they're taken off the free list in Australia 2000 and I think it's five years ago now. Yeah. So please don't get annoyed with your doctor if he or she gets a bit twitchy doing it. Yeah. You know, there's a very strong criteria. You have to have osteoporosis or something like that. But just remind them if you have an autoimmune disease, autoimmunity is one of the tick boxes. Having said that, it's only $49 if you have to go through privately. Right. So that's not an expensive test yeah. to get done. Um, gene snips, unfortunately, cost you about 300 bucks. Yeah. So um, so we always start with a vitamin D um, and we just work towards that and just get it done regularly. But I mean because I can and I just have to dig deeper for myself and just with my history I had to get checked and it made so much sense. Mm. Actually, I've got the worst of the worst genes. You wouldn't <laughs> believe it because people go to me, it's all right for you. And I go, well, actually, if you saw
0: my gene snips, you wouldn't be saying that. Yeah, and you, uh, your story, you you tell us uh, that you were born broken. Yes, I was born broken, <laughs> and you have been through it all, really. So uh, when people say to you, "It's all right for you," yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. no, yeah, yeah,
1: no. <laughs> you know. But everyone has comes from a different backstory too. Yeah, you know, we got to respect that. But yeah, so MS is, and it, and it's young people, and the the thing with with MS, the younger you get it, the more aggressive it is. Yeah. So you know, and please don't wait ten years to see a functional medicine practitioner if you've mm. been diagnosed with this one because it's a shit.
0: Yeah, uh, and type one diabetes.
1: Okay, so this is juvenile onset diabetes. Mm-hmm. We see this in the young. Yeah, um, and this is where you have to take your hat off to n- to conventional medicine. Mm. They have actually done such a great job in managing this. Yeah, um, you know the um, the um, the. Um, Invention, not the in- – the discovery of, of porcine insulin because the insulin that is a pig base that they um, use um, has been a lifesaver. Hey, but Bindi, guess how they used to treat type 1 diabetes before they had insulin, do you know? Yeah. With a ketogenic diet. Oh, really? Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Mm. If you take the carbs away, yeah. you're not going to get hypoglycemic. Wow. So this is one instance – and actually MS has got a lot of research behind it and epilepsy with a ketogenic diet as well. Yeah. Um, this is one instance if – not that we're saying, please – Please don't go on a keto diet and say you can drop your insulin. I'm not mm. saying that, remember. We need to keep on our drugs. Yeah. Um, but type 1 uh, diabetes is basically, again, you've probably got the gene for it and your um, your um, immune system attacks the pancreas. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the insulin producing the beta cells... In, uh, in the pancreas, which produce the insulin. So basically they get destroyed, you can't produce insulin, your blood sugar goes through the roof, your blood becomes like treacle and all sorts of secondary things start happening but your body's starving. Yeah. Okay, that's why you get polyuria, more urine with it because your body's trying to wear out all this sugar. Yeah. Uh, the old-fashioned diagnosis for this, the, the chemists used to put their finger in the wee and taste it and it was sweet.
0: Ugh.
1: Yeah, well, this is probably before <laughs> infectious control but anyway. <laughs> You can actually smell a diabetic, that's yeah. all well controlled yeah. um, because they smell quite fruity. Yeah. Um, so don't, please don't go off your insulin. But the thing is this is where diet is paramount. Mm. You have to work with an endocrinologist that is happy to help you here. Mm. Um, but you need to actually decrease your carbohydrates in your diet, sim- in particular the simple sugars. Yeah. Certainly keep the jelly beans there if you have a hypo, if you're giving yourself too much insulin. But... Don't use it as a crutch. Mm. You are stressing your pancreas out even more. You need to have the good fats to maintain your blood sugar. You need a few complex carbs. Try and stay away from the more sugary fruits. This is where I put a limit. No, no grapes, no bananas. Stick with the berries, the, the lovely pineapple. Only if you eat fruit with a meal. Mm. Don't eat fruit on its own because you're going to spike your blood sugar. Yep. This is still all stressing out your pancreas. And it's really good now with the with the insulin pumps and the little doovies they've got. It's a lot easier to sort do. Automated, yeah. yeah. But um, but you can, you know, I, I have got one instance of a patient who was just newly diagnosed. Mm. They said you might have type one diabetes. We put him on a keto diet. He no longer has type one diabetes. But that was we just that that was just because we got the window. Yeah. You know, I've heard,
0: I've heard a few stories of that where people have gone onto a keto diet and it's completely reversed. Yeah. or yeah. yeah, slowed it. Yeah, yeah.
1: so that's. But, but if you've been on an insulin pump for fifteen years, mm. when a keto diet's, you know, it's going to help. But I would never actually put you on a full keto anyway. Mm. Don't try and do it on your own. Yeah, this is dangerous stuff. Yeah, don't try and do it on your own. Yeah, because hypoglycemic will kill you. Yeah, right. We know this. Yeah. So. Um, Working together, having a few complex carbs, the ones that we know. Food combining to make sure you've got your fat, protein and, and sugar or good sugar. Mm. Um, stay away from the crap. We, a particular mention has to be made to the, to the polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are highly inflammatory to our gut. Yeah. Um, so if you have an autoimmune disease, you probably get told you can't eat any poofers, including the good poofers like your fish oils and your nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, more on that if you ever come to see me because I don't – I think – I don't, I'm absolutely not adverse to Googling. I am a Googler myself. Yeah. And if I didn't say that, I'd be a liar. Every single one of the physicians and doctors you've ever seen all Google.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know? So but don't use it to diagnose and treat yourself. No. Certainly use it to question what I do for you or mm. what any functional medicine or any practitioner does for you. That is well within your right and they shouldn't get upset with you. Yeah. but. Please go to somebody who knows what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and you know we're all for people being curious and and learning more about this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's you know, sense check yourself. Yes, genau. Indeed,
1: that's a good one. I said genau. That's German for indeed. <laughs> <laughs> You're slipping
0: into yeah, German I now. <laughs>
1: I know. Actually, it's really interesting because with this whole flu pandemic thing, Angela Merkel says that's the Chancellor of Germany. She's always got this thing that says wir schaffen das." And I like that because it says, we'll, we'll do this. Mm. We'll do this. So we'll shuffle and us.
0: I just love it when you speak German. <laughs> um, anyway, to wrap it up then, um, autoimmune diseases really um, l- look at your diet for one yep. and um, really be kind to yourself. Yes. And see someone who knows what they're doing. Yes, yes,
1: yes. This is one where you really probably need to get some professional help. Yeah. And, you know, God bless the endocrinologists or the rheumatologists or the immunologists or whatever, they don't go to the same country club. Exactly. They're not going to to think there's a connection between your knees and your nerves and your lungs and your thyroid and your pancreas. Yeah. But there is. Mm. And it's called your gastrointestinal tract
0: and gut-associated lymphoid tissue. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. For more information on functional medicine in Alex's practice, visit healinghandsipswich.com.au.